Welcome to the You Ain't Got Time For That podcast where we talk about all things crossing from the corporate world to the startup and small business and entrepreneurial world, um, talking about etheric ideas and uh, all those things where you say, I've not got time for that, um, but we want to delve into those concepts and uncover them. I'm Zeke Condon, a product manager and product entrepreneur, and I'm Ilan. Program manager, thinker, and sometimes doer. Mm. <clears throat> you, you, you don't give yourself enough credit. You're, you're a big doer, big thinking doer. Um, and I just want to pick up on something you dropped just as I press record then. Um, flying to the mood on Bitcoin. Why, why did we and why did you and why does the world not get onto Bitcoin? Um, before it flew to the moon, let's 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 touch on that, Alan. Wow, there's so many things to unpack there, and I think there's so many tangents also to, um, I guess, some of what happened last year with COVID. Um, looking at things in hindsight and going, the logical part of me can draw those parallels, understand, can see, but why can't you draw the why can't you draw the lines between the dots before? Um, and I think some of it is obviously um, a education piece. Um, but then I think there's also another component, which is also the risk side. Um, so I know in the sort of crypto world, for me, at least early on, um, my risk appetite, as much as I'd like to think it was there, probably wasn't. Mm. Um, so that then prevented me from asking the questions that I needed to ask, thinking, understanding, and even exploring. So, so let's, I want to click, I want to double click into risk here for a second, right? Um, there's a bit of a loaded question throwing that on you um, because, because risk and knowing what we know now about the non-fiat type uh, currencies, i.e., blockchain-based currencies, um, the risks that everyone initially before they took off, they haven't changed. <clears throat> but what has changed? Like, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the understanding and the acknowledgement of what is possible with these concepts. Um, good thing to, you know, tie back into the ain't got time for that. Um, it's, it's so the risk, I think a lot of, investing in a lot of technology, um, a lot of new ideas, innovation, all that. We, and this is from my point of view, um, I'm keen to understand your point of view about the concept of risk. Um, you know, when we're looking at innovation, new ideas, is risk real or is risk more just a perception of what we don't know? Um, and how can we overcome that? I think there's absolutely two sides to it. I, I, I don't think it's categorically one or the other. I think the there are there is probably a personality personality element to it where um, certain personalities um, see things that they don't understand as potentially being riskier, whereas others will potentially use that blind spot then to their benefit or to the benefit of actually action. Um, and then the other side of it is obviously um, the 
there's probably, or definitely, I should say, um, some truth to the risk. And I think you can never mitigate it 100% in the real world, but you can actually understand what you're getting into. Mm. Um, and the more you, I think sometimes the more you understand it, the more to the detriment it is, um, at least with my personality. Um, but then other personalities are different. Um, I think you've got a slightly riskier personality. Um, so what are your thoughts? Well, um, I agree. I have a riskier personality, but um, it's not risk as in I just take risks, um, blatantly take risks. I, I've i gone, you know, my my kind of ethos is, is just get a broader understanding of, of everything. That means that you can... You can attack risk through intuition. You can, you know, you don't just mitigate a risk. You can, you can pass on the risk um, as one example. So, you know, if I identify a risk and it's related to anything, right? So to all the listeners, we're not, we've sort of moved off Bitcoin here, but, but it was kind of like, oh, that's a risky thing still in the eyes of people. But I want to kind of uncover this new ideas, new concepts, new innovations thing. Um, so me, like, you know, Risk is, you know, I can I can hand that risk on to other people. And what I mean by that is, um, if there's something I'm I'm wanting to know about or I think is an opportunity, rather than just take on that risk, I will go and find somebody who knows something about that, and I'll strike up a conversation with them, and I'll get a good understanding that they know enough that if shit hits the fan. I can call on them to give me an explanation and, you know, shortcut the research process, right? And so that's part of my risk strategy is to do that, is to, to bring in, you know, my new conversations about all of the things I do in technology, innovation, innovation. Um, make sure that I know somebody I can call on and mentally map that. Um, mitigating the risk. Um, I generally don't mitigate risks 100%. You know, I accept Risk, that's probably the riskiest part of me. Um, you're, you know, delegating the risk. Uh, so in, you know, making financial decisions, I can delegate parts of the risk. And so I've, you know, I've got a financial advisor and I have an accountant. Um, and in terms of finding those connections and those relationships, I didn't just go out and find the first accountant and the first financial advisor. I spoke to many people and tried to find ones that had similar characteristics to me personally that meant that they were going to be making recommendations that were aligned with my needs, but also that I could pay it forward to them and give them value back to them in terms of referrals, um, which meant that, you know, I could have better relationships with them, wouldn't cost me an arm and a leg, and I get to be able to delegate some risk to them around, you know, helping me make decisions in this in this kind of space. Um, and I do that in business as well. So, um, you know, the, the kind of delegating and, and transferring risk is is a big thing that I like to do and I like to sort of pay it forward. Um, I'd be keen to kind of hear, hey, listeners out there, what do you think about risk and how do you mitigate risk? What is risk to you in your life, in your professional world? Um, how do you personally categorize risk is your this is to you alan like your risk to you what is what is risk what's the elevator pitch of what risk is to you and how do you deal with risk i think it's a um it, it boils down to a 
an appetite for things that you can't control. Um, and for, um, for a lot of people, there's a, there's a combination of things that kind of fall into that category. Um, and it's looked at differently depending on the topic that they're looking at. Um, but I think just to kind of go back to what you were saying earlier, where you were saying that, um, you know, for business and for finances or something like that, um, you've kind of got a tried and tested process. Um, say you were taking um, something um, that you weren't as comfortable with, you didn't even need to, you didn't even really know where to start. Mm. And how would you tackle it? How would you identify what your risk appetite was? Um, and then how would you really kind of work through answering those questions to understand where it fell from the spectrum? Well, me personally, I usually bring those big things to you, Alan. Um, <laughs> I, I've, um, I don't know that those those you know the uncovering the uncovering a concept before before you understand it. You know, without going into uh, full lockdown theoretical research and trying to find out um you know every single nuts and bolts of an idea and, and actually um speaking about you know back to bitcoin this weekend so um okay real story that happened on the weekend so i had a i had a conversation with um one of my good friends um last weekend hadn't seen him for a few years and back in 2013 I think it was when the white paper came out about ethereum so ethereum is a blockchain alternative um, slightly different uh, mechanism in that you can build dapps so decentralized apps off the back of the ethereum um, blockchain algorithm which means that you can build in um, uh, blockchain contracts into an application and at the same time, it's backed by a coin. So there's the Ethereum coin behind it. And um, he and I had a conversation around um, the the white paper when it first came out. And the white paper was handed to me through someone who I met at a meetup who we just sparked up a random conversation about, you know, where's technology going? And he was like, hey, blockchain, hey, and if you're going to talk about blockchain, you know, forget the Bitcoin thing, here's something with a bit of substance. And I, and I kind of took it and went with it and read that white paper and we chatted about it like at the end of this meetup. And then I was like, oh, I was obsessed with the concept of blockchain and the applications you can use in the technical world in the business world and and replacing you know all of these contracts and and conversations and connections that are happening in the world and then i took it to one of my slightly more technically astute friends um and so i knew this concept but i had no idea about the technology and we started talking and um i had to convince him that it was a good idea because I was kind of taking that conversation about, but he's like, you know, there's so many technical things to overcome all about like the deployment, not having enough nodes, not being able to support it. Um, you know, what if this is the wrong one? What if there's another one that comes along? Um, and I actually, I actually went, Oh, okay. That's not a, you know, you've got a lot of really good points there. And I lost interest in it. Um, I followed Ethereum and I followed a lot of the, you know, the dApps that came off and I still, you know, I still kind of follow along with them, but I didn't actually invest in, in Ethereum because those questions that came up kind of put me on the back foot. 
Um, so one of the things I would say, you know, that actually my risk mitigation there was to listen to one of my technical people, um, one of my technical kind of network, right? Um, now, that's a bad example, but moving forward to today, the conversation I had with him last weekend is like, hey, do you realize when we had that conversation, here's, I, I started tracking Ethereum from that day in a tracking app. And, and we were talking about putting $10,000 each into this app. And he goes, do you look how much money we would have now if either of one of us would have jumped on that? I was like, wow. Okay, cool. But the, the reason I'm sort of saying that is that that risk aversion um, made me kind of think about the bigger, wider applications and the, the other things, which actually meant that I've been tracking those things subconsciously. Um, so while I might have gone, I'm not going to accept that risk there, what it's made me do is actually track them subconsciously, which means that I've, I've subconsciously kept on top of what's happening in that space. So the value is not gone. Um, my strategy still worked in terms of having that conversation. And now I'm coming back to having someone, you know, that conversation with someone else again, where now we're egging each other on to, okay, stop being so risk adverse in this space, you know, trust in our confidence, in our, in our process, in our, in our thinking um, that maybe there's something there. So yeah, like that's a, a bit of a story um, and doing the research on the weekend, um, getting back into, into Bitcoin, having had done that kind of table research a few years ago and had followed it, um, <clears throat> what I was able to do this weekend when I jumped back in and bought a whole bunch of coins um, was rather than jumping into each and every one of the coins and looking at, um, you know, what are they all about? What's their story? What's their marketing spin? I started looking at some of the attributes that they split them up by. Like, so looking at like um, the, the ones that are backed by real currency. So they're like for like versus the ones that are backed by assets versus the ones that are just contracts. I started looking at those concepts and through that, I was able to apply that to kind of the network of information that I know and narrow down into my, narrow down my focus into what I actually care about. Um, so, you know, there's kind of a few steps in that exploration process, and I think you shouldn't rush it. Um, when you are, when you find something that personally is risky to you, you shouldn't rush it. Um, and do you think you rushed it a little bit when you did look at it a few years ago? Yeah, I think I, I think I rushed it. Um, I think I rushed, I rushed to the, um, to the conclusion of don't jump into it. Um, which I'm, you know, I, I, I could sit here and kick myself about forever and ever in a day. Um, and I think a lot of people get hung up on opportunity cost as well when you're looking at risks. Um, I, I, you know, I'm telling myself now, well, the opportunity cost I've got, yeah, may not have cash in the bag, but what I do have is a greater um, respect for how something can evolve. Is whereas if I was in, you know, if I was in there and I was one of the winners, I, I actually think that. I wouldn't have as much of a respect for um, the the history because I would have been part of it, you know, I would have been inside it and I wouldn't have been able to look back and go, you know, what were some of the things I missed about looking about, looking for what some of the indicators in the market and this and that. So now I can appreciate it. So there is value that I got from making the decision not to get in. So my risk aversion actually gave me value. Um, and it made me now able to look at a lot more of the attributes around you know these new technologies and innovations in a totally different lens um i think 
that's a good call out because I think what you're seeing is not specific to the crypto space, but you're seeing it in um, the fintech space. You're seeing it in quite a few in, um, areas of technology that up until a few years ago, we probably didn't realize growth potential and the speed at which change can happen. Yeah. So there was always this lingering thought that, well, there's time for it to prove itself before you need to actually um, execute on the risk. Mm. Um, and maybe that underlying assumption was wrong. So mm. the process that you use to kind of track risk, understand your tolerance level or something like that, yeah, maybe that was all right. But there was also an expectation there that you had more time to course correct it if you were wrong. Yep. Um, and I mean, you've seen that through COVID as well with some of the um, changes that are happening at such an accelerated um, pace. Mm. I think there's a, um, there is a, a tendency to ignore one's inner intuition, inner voice and jump on something because you're worried it's going to run away and take off. But um, I think that if we just follow the dollars, it's quite dangerous. I would kind of, if I would have jumped onto the Ethereum bandwagon, I wouldn't be where I am today um, because I probably would have gotten more involved into trading, into um, following the crypto markets um, and then understanding the technologies. And, you know, the, the dollars that are coming from that are fantastic, but the time and effort that I put into doing that research and following along with that, I look at the marketplace in Australia in terms of what's happening in products that market actually hasn't started until now, right? It's starting now. So by me delaying and watching what happened and going, oh, okay, I missed out on the coin part of it, we can now have the discussion around, okay, what's the practical applications of some of these new innovations that are happening not specifically in the coin but in the, you know, the other industries and other areas around it? Um, to summarise, though, the, the key thing that, that, you know, I took from that was, and, and I still have a benefit of is I had a conversation with somebody who had a different point of view and wasn't had a different point of view that wasn't on the in the same boat as me if I would have sp spoken to like um a clone of Zeke I probably I would have jumped in right because we would have been in the same mindset and the same kind of point of view same background same you know understanding of it um so I, I think I made the right decision um and I think that there's byproducts that come of not taking risks. And I think that that actually should be a something we acknowledge. Everyone acknowledges when you don't take a risk, right? When you, when you, and, and sometimes people like berate you, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do that? So reflect, think back. Okay. Well, what's some of the, what's some of the value you got of not taking that risk? The lessons learned, the, the experience, the thoughts, the connections you made in going through that validation process, um, I think you can actually get a lot more value sometimes out of doing, not doing something. Um, I think the one thing, though, that I would say on that is um, there is, is a bit of work that needs to happen from moving from making that decision subconsciously to consciously. Um, so it's one thing that one of the, um, I can't remember if it was Charlie Mungo or Warren Buffett said, with every investment that they make, they'll look at the downside um, potentials and they'll actually attribute a rating to that. Mm -hmm. So it might be 
you know what, a war is going to break out and it's going to have an impact, there's 10% likelihood of that happening. Um, and then what's that downside um, likely to result in? Um, and I think that's really powerful and something that we don't do enough. So when you were having that conversation with your friend um, when you were reading the white paper, what it, what was going through your head then? Did you actually then say, okay, well, you know what, if this all um, falls apart, you know what, um, regulation kicks in or something like that, um, there's a 10% probability of that happening, it drops to zero. Or did you just say, you know what, I've got all these unanswered questions, it's a bit too much, I can't really um, structure a, a view around this. So there's too many unknowns and that's why I'm out. No, so this is the thing, right? Um, we did all that analysis and, and I, I remember going through and researching markets and researching the players in the markets and, and how, how are those players going to be impacted? And like, this is the same sort of research you do if you're launching a product. But because we we're doing it from a personal point of view, and because there was no business structure and no process, none of that's documented. Um, and that's an interesting thing, right? Is that it's when we make decisions in life um, uh, for our own personal benefits, we don't give them as much rigor as if we would if we're in a business one where, you know, we try to document certain things so then they are there for historical purposes to reflect on. But um, in our personal point of view i don't have that like and it's not there and it would be so good to go back to that and go hang on is there something i i was thinking about back then that would make this whole new rediscovery process even more valuable or something that if someone asked me hey how come you didn't get in i, I could go back and have that i mean i don't document my decisions not to do stuff I document my decisions to do things because um, I'm in a relationship <laughs> from, my, from a personal point of view. Um, in my own personal business, um, I document them because I know that there's generally learnings to come from it. Um, but, yeah, it, do you document things when you do it? And if you do, how do you do it? No? Oh, and, I, and I think it's, it's a very good question because when I reflect on some conversations that I have with those that are close to me, um, they all point out in conversations, oh, we've changed your view so much since we last spoke about it. Mm. Or um, you used to be categorically for this um, for this approach um, and suddenly it's changed. We didn't know um, kind of what happened along the way. And sometimes it's actually really difficult to explain it. Um, and I think that um, that process of documentation would actually be incredibly beneficial for me because I can then look at it and go, well, what, is, what caused that change? What assumption did I challenge? Was it new information or was it a better understanding of myself? Um, because then when similar things happen in the future, um, I can actually look at those assumptions, the assumptions that I'm making, and I've got a better mental model for assessing them and seeing whether they actually stack up or whether they want um, ones that actually need a bit more um, work yeah, and you can you can learn from the process you did it, which means that you can take on more without less, you know, less load. Your research, so and you can do it quicker. Yeah, exactly, and which means you can you can churn through and and process more information 
in a faster pace, but we don't. And, and it's like, you kind of trip. We, we stumbled onto something here is that um, there are no real principles for how to, how to like, I don't know, businessify your life. You know, we, we don't get taught, um, at least in Australia, and I don't know any other country that's come out and said, oh, yeah, we're taught all this stuff. Like personal accounting, um, networking, uh, decision-making, risk management, all of these kinds of principles that you learn through your professional career. And you kind of, you know, every man of these dogs got their own way that they've learned through professional career. That's all kind of stuff that is critical to your day-to-day life as an adult. But none of that is taught to us. And, you know, every man and his dog spoken about the fact that none of this is taught to us. But what are, I mean, principles. What are some of the principles for living? Like, like one we've just got there, which is like principles for living is, is document your decisions almost, you know, as a principle. How you do that is totally separate to the principle, but, you know, learn to reflect and document your decisions i think is a as a if i could look back to my you know my 20 year old self i'd be going zeke you're an adult now when you make a decision document it and and underneath that is zeke learn what a decision is right because decisions have massive ripple effects and i think that shit when i was young i made decisions and i didn't even know i was making decisions right and i think that's one of the big call outs because what i was going to say is the whole thought process around you know understand your decisions document them learn from them speed up the process um it's very similar to the topic that we were talking about earlier just around um the crypto space um changes in COVID or something in hindsight, you realize how fundamental those conversations were and how pivotal those moments were. Mm. But it's all in hindsight. Mm. Mm. So before we even start by um, questioning and um, documenting the decisions you make for things you do and don't do, you first need to actually build an awareness to the fact that those are decision points. Yep. Um, And I think that in itself takes years and years to understand and develop. Mm. <coughs> um, so could you be taught that earlier? Could you be taught to be a bit more um, aware? Aware. Ooh, Good question. Buzzword, mindful, right? Um, you know, mindful of your of your decisions. Oh, man, I, I would I would have killed. I would have killed to have known. Well, not known, but it's it's like the level up above known. It's like. Yeah, inside my body know the impacts or the 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 flow-on effects of of a decision that it it really hit home that i didn't just take things so haphazardly um that i was able to come back and and find ways to keep it front of mind at the right time and i think there's another there's another principle for living that we can talk about is um how do you how do you make time how do you how do you how do you come back to something? So you say we've, we've, we've got decisions nailed and we've kind of inside that we've got reflection, which is implicit with the decision, right? How do you then make sure that you come back to it? Because I know so many times, and you hit it in a second, it's like you, you've changed your thinking. It's like how, how, do you, how do you come back to stuff? Like do you do it at the moment? I know I don't. And I think... 
um, it, it takes a lot of discipline and it, it's one of those things, it's around habit forming. Um, yes, there's definitely certain areas of my life that I do come back to things and I do challenge it. Yeah. Um, but the problem is the shiny, um, exciting areas that you're constantly revisiting are ne not necessarily going to be the ones that are pivotal in your development. Yeah. Um, so it, it might be something, yeah, go, yeah, go no, for it. You, you just said it, you, like forming habits, right? But then I think it's like form habits, document in some way, shape or form or mentally document them. Let people know your habits or, or let yourself or your, your close circle know them, but then revisit your habits. You know, that's, that's the way that you, that's the way that you do it. You, you have to say, these are my habits. And you, instead of coming back to the decisions you've made, you come back to your habits and then you reflect on your habits. These are my habits today. And in X amount of time, say 12 months, these were my habits at the start of these 12 months. These are my habits now. Why did I change those habits? And inside there is locked up all of the great and beautiful insight about how you've grown as an individual. Um, like I like we're always coming up with new habits, but man, you give up a you give up a habit to take on a new habit, and you're like, when did that happen? <laughs> so I think this is actually a great segue for what we can talk through next time we catch up, and that's around habits and compounding effects mm. because i think that as you get older or as you start getting a little bit more well read um for those of us that started late in life um the compounding effect is missed and when you keep chopping and changing whether it's habits whether it's um, other areas of your life you lose a lot of that benefit so you know how how much time needs to be focused on consistency mm. Um, how much area of your life do you leave open to um, change, learn, innovate, grow, and how much do you need to keep stable? Yep. yep. For next week. For next week. And um, growing on top of that for next week as well, you've just triggered into something else I was thinking about during the week. I want to start to talk about the theory of human harmony, um, which is just a, a coin that I'm terming at the moment which is it's around this habits it's around this you know how do you how do you consistently grow in yourself which is the very western world version of things but how do you have a world full of people that are individually growing and they're all on their own versions of, a, of their own journeys and how do you do that in harmony that means that there is equity between each and every person that means that no one is disadvantaged. Is there a theory? Pie, the pie gets bigger. You're not stealing yeah. the, the space. Yeah. And how, like, what is the theory of that? What, what are some of the concepts behind that human harmony, the theory of human harmony? Um, to be delved into next week, um, Ilan, inside of the day, on the spot, quote something you're reading right now. Give me something that I can ponder on. Listen more, talk more. Speak to more diverse people. Even if you think you're doing enough, you probably aren't. Ooh, push yourself. All right. Love it. Until next week, ladies and jelly beans, um, it's been great. I'm Zeke Condon. Ilan, chat to you soon. Talk to you soon. All right, bye.